Hey you guys, it's Annie once again coming at you from my couch, aka the editing booth. I just wanted to do a quick refresh if you happen to miss last week's episode. About a year ago, Marianne and I established our current format for Are We Forcing It and decided to archive a lot of the older, rougher episodes that weren't in the format, that had poor sound quality, stuff like that. Um, But since we're on season break, Marianne and I decided to re-release a couple of our favorites in the meantime. Most of them are archived for very good reasons and will never need to be spoken of or heard again. But a few are gems that we're fond of, including our episode last week on John Williams and the episode you're about to hear. Like I just said, last week we shared an episode in which we talked about John Williams' life accomplishments um, in music and film. That episode predates the pandemic and our current audio setup, but we still love it and hope that you did too. If you haven't listened to it, I encourage you to go back. Today, we're re-releasing an episode that we recorded following our first series watch-through of Star Wars Rebels from summer of 2021. We're actually going to be re-watching Rebels in our new season starting next week, so we thought this would be the perfect time to drop this episode from the archives of how we first felt about the series two years ago. As I'm sure most of you already know, the Ahsoka series dropping later this year is expected to closely link with those characters and storylines, and we're also planning on reading the book A New Dawn after we finish Star Wars from a certain point of view. Stick around to the end of the episode where I'll give you some more details on how you can join us for the start of our season next week, and in the meantime, enjoy our first general thoughts on Star Wars Rebels, originally released in July of 2021. Hello, everyone, and welcome to Are We Forcing It, the podcast where two amateur nerds dive deeper into Star Wars than we ever did before. Um, My name's Annie. And my name is Marianne. And today we are discussing uh, Star Wars Rebels, the animated show. Uh, Overall, our general thoughts, because we will get deeper into it eventually. But um, a few disclaimers before we begin. First, we are amateur nerds. (laughs) We're not at all a Star Wars authority. Uh, We share our own thoughts and observations. Uh, Although I should note that we do try to be accurate in any information that we share that could be uh, official. I don't know if that makes sense. Mm. Anyway, long story short, don't take our word for it. Um, yeah, seriously. <laughs> please don't <laughs> sue us. Anyway, uh, in this episode, we're going to talk about general thoughts for the animated series Star Wars Rebels, and very important, which I forgot last week when we talked about Clone Wars, there will be spoilers for anything and everything. So if you have not seen anything and everything, you need you can't be listening unless you just don't care. But you know, I feel like most people do. Anyway, do you have general? Just a, like general thoughts before we begin, that's not in our agenda. Uh, no, not really. Okay, awesome. Well, we're just we're going to go ahead and take a break, and then we're going to dive into it. Welcome back to. Are we forcing it? I almost said what the heck is going on. Anyway, <laughs> welcome back to Are We Forcing It? Uh, today we're talking about Star Wars Rebels, and there will be spoilers if you haven't watched it. Uh, but first of all, we're going to explain what is Star Wars Rebels? How would, Marianne, how would you summarize the series for someone that hasn't watched it? Um, 
I would summarize it as like the early days of the rebellion. Um, I mean, I know that it takes, so Rebels really takes place like what, 15 years after episode three? I think that's like around the time frame. Because I remember one of the episodes is called Empire Day. And that's like, yeah, I think they said pretty early years. on. Yeah. 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 So it takes place 15 years after episode three. So after the fall of the Republic and the Jedi Order. Uh, rebel cells. I don't know how long these rebel cells, they don't really talk about how long these rebel cells have been going. There are, um, it's really basically the early days of the rebellion because uh, the rebel alliance hasn't been formed yet. Mm-hmm. Well, in the beginning, well, it anyways, forms. Of this. eventually yeah, I guess it forms. That's like the point of right, the background point of the show, I guess. Right, yeah. So it eventually does form in the show, but it's it to me it like just shows like the early days of the rebellion, and it, you also see what it's like. You know, it's been 15 years, so the empire's been ruling for like 15 years. So now you're seeing what life is like during um, the rule of the empire it delves into the force like in a way that i not did not expect mm-hmm. with um, the lore and stuff like that yeah and the whole time thing that oh, was gosh. that was interesting but it, it was a it was kind of like a i don't know i actually really enjoyed it it has Same. some really Same. intense moments where you're just like oh my god and um but generally, I would describe it as just basically the early days of the rebellion. You you see the Inquisitors. You see mm-hmm. um, you're introduced to how the Jedi are hunted down. Well, I mean that's actually I mean if you've read the comics and um, if you if you read the comics then you already know about the Inquisitors. Yeah, no, basically it's just the early days of the rebellion, and what and then you get to meet certain characters. So yeah, that's that's how I would explain it. I don't know about you. Um, I was gonna go a different direction with it. I mean, I agree with everything you said. I was just gonna be more specific, where I was gonna oh. be like, "Do you want a found family road trip for four seasons?" That's Rebels. <laughs> <laughs> That's what I was gonna go with. That too. Um, but also, yeah, I was also going to say um, the early days of the rebellion. But like the, I think I would specifically say the earliest days of the Rebel Alliance. Mm-hmm. because partially Absolutely. through season one they reveal they're working for Bail Organa but we kind of see it even in the deleted scenes of episode three I don't know how deleted scenes work with canon but episode I don't three think being Revenge cons- of the Sith yeah I don't think they're considered the, canon they're, because only because um, two of the deleted scenes have Shakti in it dying in both she's either killed by Grievous or killed by Anakin Honestly, oh, so they're like alternate think... scenes. Yeah, honestly, okay, we have no yeah. idea how Shakti dies. Except for, well, I think in Clone Wars, it's now canon that she was killed by the clone troopers because she was training them at Kamino. Well, they said that the... I guess that's another thing we could get into during Bad Batch. But, like, the Jedi that they carried off from Kamino didn't uh-huh. fit her shape. Like, oh. her... Ugh, I know there's a name, and I even know what it is in the back of my mind, but the headdress that the her people have, that Ahsoka mm-hmm. also has, it's not a headdress, it is part Montrals, of their... Montrals, Leku. Leku, Leku, and Montrals. Yes, yeah, thank you. Okay, like that. Because they were saying, if you watch it again, that is not part of the shape. That Especially makes how hers, because she's so much older than Ahsoka are very long and tall and they're not there 
So, like, clearly. Anyway, okay. which is kind Anyways. of interesting. Moving but anyways, on. Anyways, so yeah. canon, I don't think the deleted scenes are considered canon, even though I think I know what scene you're talking about where you have yeah, Bail, the Bail Donna, Arbana, yeah. Mon Mothma, and Padme Amidala, who are talking about, basically, like, that's supposedly, like, the seeds of the, the rebellion. Yeah, of the and rebel alliance. And I think lions. they're kind of getting it into Bad Batch right now, where they're like, well, there's people slowly coming together to work together and you even kind of get the sense by the end of season one of rebels that there's been a larger picture for a while that Mm -hmm. they're kind of Hera kind of seems like she knows what's going on and everyone else is like especially Kanan is like what are we doing here and she's like it's been six years dude like you should know Hera especially because and this is brought out in Bad Batch she's basically been a part of this since the beginning yeah like day one well and yeah. her family was very pro i don't know if they were pro republic but they're pro their planet but they, they were, were on the republic yeah. side Correct. in um clone wars also like she's always been a fighter so mm-hmm. yeah exactly. yeah so i would say i would agree with that for sure um i would also say it's an expansion of the lore of course um and it's like a proper prequel to um the the trilogy the original trilogy mm-hmm, mm-hmm. um because it does it's the timeline is a little ambiguous i'm sure there's an official timeline somewhere i don't 100 percent trust official timelines because i feel like if it's not stated somewhere it's not real but it is stated it begins like the third or fourth episode is empire day 15 years in like you said yep yep um and also at the end of the series the very last scene takes place yep. after andor but there has been a time jump however i think when a lot of people think about that they're like oh so all of rebels happen in a short period of time but i think it's actually more like four no, or five years no i think years. it's like yeah several years because I'm trying to remember this. The last episode, the, she she summarizes. Sabine summarizes in the last episode. She's like, "We had um, the Battle of Yavin." You know the. So, She's you know, naming the Battle of all Yavin, the battles. Yeah. Right. And, and then the trilogy Endor. takes place over three or four years. It's right. Yeah. Yeah. No, I I agree. I think Rebels takes place over several years. It's not. I a matter think the of, last season is supposed to overlap. A little bit actually wait i feel like at some point in the last season they do say like the battle on lethal took out enough star destroyers for them to take out the death star the first time something like that like so it's mm. very it's like very rogue one-ish where it's right up to the original trilogy. right well and also the um i'm the using my hands with... a lot that's not useful at all <laughs> the episode with obi-wan kenobi and maul Lucas still that was because that was that was the last season that was several it was several episodes towards was the, it, it was not towards the in end. season three was it in no season four? no I think Obi-Wan hold on blowing it up I'm pretty sure that Obi-Wan Kenobi was in season four but I could totally be wrong so let me see <laughs> well I think even because Lucas kind of it's weird because he's far away and you kind of get the sense he's like way younger except when they I know, show Leia she's shown the same Leia. yeah exactly because I think it's just the distance Luke just had a growth spurt when he was 18 guys it's no. okay <laughs> I think it was just the um just the distance That's yeah really what it was because like I know at first I was like what <laughs> I 
feel like just the way the series goes, how the end of two is so like abrupt, but in series three or the season three, there's clearly been a time jump and it feels like it's been longer than usual, but at the same time, not. Like, I think they were kind of changing the tone of the oh, series. Oh, it was totally. It was episode. It was season three. Oh, okay. Well, still, that's the, right, only one more the, year. Because the chopper base was under um, attack. And that's why Ezra, he went to go look for Obi-Wan Kenobi. That's right. I need to rewatch Rebels. Well, I mean, I'm still working through Clone Wars again, but yeah. Yeah. Well, okay. Then, so if you had never seen Rebels, now you're probably super confused. But that's what it is. <laughs> So summarizing that, it's pretty great, honestly. Yeah, we do love it, and we'll talk about how much we love it the rest of the episode. Um, so, well, speaking of how we got into it, how soon after Clone Wars did we start Rebels? For me, I cannot finish a series and jump in on another series. I have to like grieve for the ending of my series. <laughs> I have to have like a period where I don't watch stuff but i feel like it was a couple months maybe oh really i think i started like a couple days later yeah i was gonna say i feel like you were like well on to rebels and i was like yeah. how <laughs> but yeah. also i really wanted you to see it because i was yeah because well, yeah, you kept badgering me yeah i was like you gotta see it but and i'm kind of sorry i waited so long i think i was oh. just like well mm -hmm. and the thing is like we started watching clone wars later so we actually got to watch season seven first i think the majority of people that have seen rebels saw it before the end of mm, uh, Clone Wars seven. just because yeah. of how it was released but mm -hmm. I was like I don't know I think I need a break <laughs> like that was that was heavy stuff yeah. but yeah the last season of Clone Wars is is intense I was actually told shout out to Sam um which now actually I'm probably going to completely misquote this conversation I had with him I feel like he's the one that was like you have to watch Clone Wars to watch Rebels and you have to watch Rebels and I think I also said that to anyone and everyone that would listen. Like, you have to watch Clone Wars. Not necessarily. Like, it could work on its own. But just some of the payoffs are better if you've seen the Clone Wars. I yeah, think that's no. the big thing. Absolutely. Absolutely. Um, how do you think it works as a sequel to the Clone Wars? It's not a proper sequel, but, like, that's kind of the vibe. But it's... But it, it definitely, it, it, yeah, it, because Clone Wars, at the end of the Clone Wars, you're seeing the rise of the Empire. Rebels, you're seeing the aftermath. You know, you're seeing what life is like now. Yeah, with, with the established being, Empire. Yeah, and the Empire's been in charge for 15 years now, so now you're seeing what it's like, and you, you get the sense of why people are rebelling in the first place. So, you know, uh, I was reading, so let me tell you, that Star Wars group on Facebook has some really good insights on a lot of stuff. Mm -hmm. And um, there's that one episode where Ezra is talking to Palpatine. And you know how Palpatine's in these, like, white robes? And he looks very, um, looks very peaceful, like somebody you could approach, very, you know, father figure-like, right? You remember that? Is and he, then, I feel like, well, I'm, pretty sure every time except maybe in the last season every time he interacted with palpatine he or maybe that was the only time wasn't he, was he a force projection of himself 
Yeah, and he was very, he was in white robes. He wasn't that disfigured. Yeah, he was the Chancellor was, Palpatine. Yeah, he looked he looked like somebody you could trust. So somebody had pointed out how, um, did they think that it took so long for a rebellion to form? Was because that's how people saw him, because that's how he projected himself. And so people are like, oh, that's like a face you can trust. Also, Palpatine was one of the most beloved Supreme Chancellors the Republic has ever had. He was incredibly popular in the in the galaxy. Mm-hmm. And so people were like, yeah, okay, we'll turn into an empire. Great. You know, we like you. You're great. Whatever. And then they think that they think that's why it took so long for these rebel cells to pop up. Well, I mean, uh, so Jedi Fallen Order is considered canon. Mm-hmm. And that takes place, that's five years after the fall of the Republic. And you see Saul Guerrero. I mean, Saul Guerrero has been fighting since clone wars yeah so you see kind saw his own already. agenda there but yeah, yeah. <laughs> oh yeah so are we gonna saw call Guerrera him fighting. a rebel ally, ally? i don't he's know radical. but you've already seen he's been fighting he's already fighting like they've taken on the you know they were they were on kashik trying to free the wookies mm-hmm. um you've had the inquisitors already you've seen the inquisitors already you have seer who was a jedi and who's like we need to rebuild the order to fight the empire so I think in Sears' mind, this was going to be a long-term thing because she's like she's looking for force-sensitive children, and they're going to train them, and then they'll take on the Empire. So I think Sear was not expecting taking on the Empire for like a long time. Yeah, at least ten years, because there yeah. seems to be a correlation between, like, even though the Jedi aren't, um, like, for instance, Obi Wan officially. Again, I'm not on board with like official timelines, but he was what 25 when he was knighted. Uh, and Anakin was 19 and etc you know like Mm -hmm. pretty young so she's probably thinking we get some like five-year-olds by the time they're like 18 they'll be ready (laughs) you know like it'll be 13 years but also I think it just speaks to the well now we're on like a side tangent about seer but I feel like um it just speaks to how or like the traditions of the order were instilled in so many of the Jedi because Mm -hmm. the I mean the ultimate like moral of the fallen order story is that cal comes to this realization of like we just need to let the force do its thing because right the jedi doing their thing was like part of the problem this is the reason why yeah he even explains it to marin like (laughs) this is the reason we ended up in this mess is because we forgot who we really were yeah Um, but anyways my point is is that rebel uh, in canon rebel cells have been around since the very beginning I mean, obviously, you see that in Bad Batch with um, mm-hmm. Saw Gerrera. I mean, you see it even in the Bad Batch, like the first, um, second episode of Bad Batch? It, it is the first episode. But is it's it the first the episode? Se- it's the 75-minute episode. Yeah, yeah. So you see yeah. it already. There's already rebel cells um, forming. And then again, five years later with Cal, you're seeing that. And then 10 years later, you're seeing Ezra and Kanan, the, 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 the um, Spectre group you know and then finally mm-hmm. the phoenix group and then finally the rebel alliance so it's just like a i feel like it's like you've got the clone wars and then you've got the bad batch and then you've got fallen order and then you've got rebels you it's know just what i mean the like progression they just kind of, of how mm-hmm. um the galaxy was adjusting because i think a lot of the ideas for the prequels were like solid ideas like when i say ideas i mean the like popular thought of them not as much George Lucas's ideas, but like the whole, because we'll like we'll get into this next week. Spoiler: We're gonna do fan fiction, but like, 
Um, you know, a lot of people were like, I want to see the Clone Wars, but then also they were like, I want to see how they formed this Rebel Alliance. Like, how how do we right. get here? You know, because it seems right. like it's still, and it makes sense in Rebels because it seems like certain people kept it under wraps for so long, like Bill Organa and Mag. What I'm butchering her name. Mon I was like Mag Motha. No, okay. Anyway, <laughs> that's not her name. But yeah, like you see how they were playing a long game from like the beginning. But yes. then also the, like, um, not only that, but then you get into stuff like Rogue One, where it's people showing up, and now they're organized the way they are in season four. Rogue One, Rebels. yeah, right. There's a crossover Rogue One there. That, yeah, exactly. No, absolutely, I agree. Well, I mean, didn't you pointed out that in Rogue One you actually see the ghost, and you hear General Sindula being paged? Supposedly. I only caught the ghost, I think, because of something I saw on TikTok. I was like, now it's, oh, it is there. <laughs> but then um, I think Chopper's like driving by or something. Oh, yeah, yeah. That's like, in at some Rogue point. One too. Yep. Yeah. Well, and then also, uh, also a little tangent. Apparently the ghost shows up in um, The Rise of Skywalker, which makes me wonder well, if that's Jason Well, I think Indula. they just pulled all their... Um, CG models of any Star Wars ship and stuck Honestly, them in the Honestly, but Jason's, <laughs> it would make sense if it was I mean, Jason because he was five. Uh, he would have been like five in Return of the Jedi, so that would put him at like 35 years old. And, or three or four. Well, he's, yeah, he was I young. think he's three or four in that final scene. Yeah, so he was... I mean, it, it totally make sense. makes sense. Probably him. Well, anyway, moving on. So, like... Um, yeah, I think it works okay as a sequel. Okay, but, and we'll get into this with the characters in our next segment, but I think part of what makes it work is that you get answers to questions about characters you had at the end of Clone Wars, like mm -hmm. Ahsoka, which is a big spoiler. Sorry, guys. And, and, Rex. and Rex, for sure. But also, um, you know, some of the other random clones, Wolf was like, I didn't understand. Wolf is like a fan favorite clone. He's in like three episodes total. <laughs> but people are like, I freaking love Wolf. Like, I don't why, <laughs> but it's because he's so sassy. Yeah, but yeah, then, yeah. you know, they're fan favorite clones. You what can you do? But right. um also I think uh it serves really well because of uh Kanan's character representing Padawans that escaped or just mm -hmm. Jedi that escaped. Yep. Also, though, brings back Maul as per usual. Yes. So I feel like it works pretty well as a sequel to Clone Wars. How would you say, well, I guess we also talked about this, but do you have any additional thoughts specifically on how it compares as a prequel to the OG trilogy? Um, I think, like, it, it basically the same thing how it does to this, the, it, it It's like a, a basically now you have an idea of what it was like living under the empire. It's just basically what it is, I think. Like when yeah. it comes to the original trilogy, you're like, oh, okay, so that's like it just gives you a better idea why they were re rebelled in the first place. I mean, we we know why. I mean, it's kind of it's kind of pointed out in well, is it uh, is it kind of? I think out it was like three? a comment. I've seen a thing that flies around on the internet where they're like, have you ever realized that there's no like good and bad? between the Sith and Jedi, it's just different ideas on how the Force works. Mm -hmm. And then I was like, but there is clearly, like, one is about hate, and one is about 
not hate i wouldn't go as far to say love but you know like one's about hate and one right. is not so right. i kind of feel like that means one is bad <laughs> anyway one is about power but, one is about peace peace yeah yeah so i think it's um anyway i definitely think it is but then also it's pointed out several times by tons of different people um just to make sure my sources are cited tons of different people in those quotes anyway um <laughs> that they're like you know luke wanted to go to the academy and the academy was the imperial yep. academy mm-hmm. and that's a big i think that rebels kind of helps with that because you get a yeah. lot of imperial academy stuff in it. well yeah because you uh sabine you know sabine was a product of the imperial academy and then she infiltrates the imperial academy and she's able to take few students out like wedge antilles were introduced to wedge antilles oh yeah speaking of characters that were aged down he's like 15 but he's one of like he's older than luke is in the is he really i mean he looks young and i mean he looks young but i think he's supposed to be slightly more because he's not the buddy you know how he has like the buddy and the buddy ends up dying in that battle right yeah but wedge is supposed to be a little more I mean, he is more experienced because he's had at least two or three years. But I feel like he goes from being like 16, clearly, to like 25. That makes sense. I get that. But also, I don't know. To me, people in the 70s, for some reason, aged like differently. Yeah. I don't understand. (laughs) Anyway, well, we're going to take another break. And when we come back, we're going to get into the specifics of the characters of Rebels. Stay tuned. Yeah. Do not show this again. Right. Yeah. Welcome back to Are We Forcing It? Uh, today we're talking about Star Wars Rebels. There will be spoilers. And uh, we're talking about the characters in this segment. The main characters being um, Ezra Bridger, of course. Um, Hera Sandula and Kanan Jarrus slash Caleb Doom. It's D-O-M-E, right? Yes. Caleb D-O-M-E, Doom. Yeah, Doom. Mm-hmm. And... Um, Zeb, and mm-hmm. does Zeb have a last name? He does, but I can't remember what it oh, is. Oh, me neither. That's awkward. Anyway, <laughs> we love Rebels. What is Zeb's name? What is Zeb's last name? I'm going to find it. Just keep um, going. <laughs> Sabine Wren and everyone's favorite war criminal, Chopper the droid. <laughs> the astromech droid. Yes. Um, and that's not even including some additional characters, including returning characters from the Clone Wars, such as Ahsoka and um rex and uh also some of the villains of the series are some of the more iconic star wars characters uh darth vader makes a few appearances and the emperor makes some appearances and everyone's favorite blue person or maybe no one's favorite blue person depending on who you are (laughs) everyone's favorite arc critic (laughs) art critic what am i saying anyway thrawn who yes. does not have a last name. He's just Admiral Thrawn. Thrawn, yes. By the way, it's Zeb Aurelius. Aurelius. Oh, I knew that? That's yep, what I said. Yep. Same, 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 same. <laughs> Aurelius, yes. Okay. But they just call him Zeb. And he's a... Lissat. Lissat. There we go. Or Lissat. Which is... Uh, oh, yeah, Lissat. Which is Cal's uh, master's Lissat. 
Right. I noticed that when I saw Fallen Order, I was like, oh, like, <laughs> it's his people. Well, then also I thought they were going to, which actually made sense because they made a whole deal about how there's a certain weapon that Zeb uses that's um, specific to his people. And then the Inquisitor or someone, maybe Callus, comes after him with the weapon. And it's supposed to be like a shock to you know, like a jab to him because his people have been slaughtered and right. he might be the last one. Right. Um, although it does turn out he's not the last one. But then um, Cal's master has the double-sided lightsaber and fights in the same style. Yes, that is correct. I was like, aha, it all, it all makes sense. Someone's over here doing their homework. Um, so who do you think are the best characters in this year. Should we do worst chopper, first? Okay, chopper, best. Chopper, 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 chopper. <laughs> Everyone's I favorite war criminal. I love that droid. Oh my god. According to TikTok. <laughs> fucking sassy. Oh, everyone's favorite psychopath. Oh my lord. Chopper just like, especially when he like waves his arms around. <laughs> I love that damn droid. Oh, and that episode where he sees a new leg and he wants it and he accidentally like, you know, Un leaves the ship unguarded. <laughs> he drives me up the wall in the best way. <laughs> I adore that freaking droid. Oh my lord. I was so excited to see him I just love how he's Batch. like the rabid dog that Hera cannot let go of. Yes. No, he's the best. I love it. Freaking and love also, did you know, because it's common knowledge that Dave Filoni quote-unquote voiced the character. Right. Um, But it wasn't until the finale of rebels oh. that was the first time he'd been credited oh, and everyone that. was like of course like no one's surprised but everyone is pleased <laughs> of course so. Dave Filoni. Uh, okay <laughs> so besides chopper um probably my for me um i think like the characters that i liked right off the bat would probably would have been kanan kanan is also a favorite of mine but i before I saw the series, um, I already loved Freddie Prince Jr. Oh, yeah. No, absolutely. Yeah. So, like, his episode of Friends is him. one of my favorite episodes. <laughs> I actually had and no I idea heard that his was voice, him and I was like, a while. Yeah, I didn't know. I think I, I, I have a habit of always looking up the cast, and I could have sworn I recognized Ezra's voice. And turns out I haven't seen that actor in anything. But yeah. Yeah. Um, as soon as I looked it up, I was like, what? And then also I feel like he took on a more serious tone to play Kanan. So I think like then his, you know, younger days roles. So I think that threw some people off a little bit, but I do love him. And I've heard a lot of people say that he's, he has the perfect Jedi arc for a Star Wars character. It's it, it's it, it's interesting. His, I shouldn't say perfect, his character but it's because one of like the better ones. He starts off hiding the fact that he's a Jedi. Like you know, he has to put his lightsaber together. And what is that? The first or second episode where they're like, okay, we're going with this plan, and then they're like, you're a Jedi, and they're like, everybody's about to find out he's a Jedi, you know. And um, oh yeah, he's like, time to reveal the the secret. Yeah, and yeah, he's exactly. Like, what secret? He, and he's like, everyone's about to find out. And yeah, exactly. I think and it then, is the end of the second slash first because the first episode is two-parter it's the end of yeah, that like two-part but yeah but then it's like and then because you like seeing where he's like 
you know, he he's trying to hide it. He wants nothing to do with it. But then you see that now you're starting to figure out, oh, Ezra is force sensitive, which you kind of figure out, I think, in the like very beginning. I think it's the like, first oh. episode. That's how Kanan like picks him up. Yeah, well, it was supposedly it was Hera's idea. But um but you see like how he's so reluctant in the beginning to train Ezra. He's like, I don't know about that, you know, and then he's... also he was sixteen tops, like when the Purge yeah, happened, yeah exactly. and he was probably like, "Do I even know? You know, hardcore right. imposter syndrome." He was still a Padawan yeah. when the Purge happened, so he's like, "I, you know." And he talks about how he kind of was a pain in the butt to his master, you know. Yeah. And um, and so he doesn't, you know, he he's just like, "I was just a Padawan." But then you like throughout the series, you see he finally starts to accept his identity as a Jedi, mm-hmm. and um, like he's starting to. But then it's not until the very end that heart heartbreaking episode where he's like yes i am a jedi we're gonna get this done and then he fucking dies and we all ball our eyes out (laughs) that was awful but it's like his it's so rough you know what like kills me freaking anakin skywalker was knighted after he fought dooku and lost two limbs but that seems easy compared to like the heart-wrenching stuff that like Kanan had to go through and that's his whole thing is that he's finally been quote-unquote awarded knighthood by the force essentially right exactly when he you know ultimately dies but then also um and you're like well he fought Darth Vader and he went blind but he survived but he didn't get you know, quote unquote, knighted. I think and, it's because it wasn't until he finally accepted. Because like yeah, that like, was it's him about his character. Finally whereas I feel like it. freaking Anakin Skywalker was upset they wouldn't award him the title of master. And I was like, I just feel like that is petty. Cause I mean like I feel like it does need to be how it was with Kanan and somewhat how it is with Luke later. I feel like you don't see that full like mm-hmm. acceptance. But like I mean, you obviously don't have four seasons with Luke Skywalker to really flush it out, but I feel yes. like starting with the Purge is kind of when the Jedi end up going on their own journeys, kind of the way they would do with the Padawans to get their lightsabers. Mm-hmm. They were like, it's an emotional trial, but then right. you don't have to do that to become knighted. It's just like, oh, you accomplished something. You're an adult now. Or that's kind of the vibe I was getting from well, the Clone Wars and stuff. With Cal, you know, he was a Padawan during the Purge, and mm-hmm. he was knighted towards the end of the game. But he, like, you notice that, you know, first he's just like, what happened with the Jedi? I don't understand. But then he comes to this realization that they kind of brought it upon themselves because they forgot who they truly were. Yeah. And he kind of he starts to recognize that. And again, like you said, he recognizes that um, the the children, the force sensitive children, their destinies need to be decided by the force, not by them. But he he finally realizes that what the Jedi really truly are about and how they've lost that way. And that he hopes that maybe with the new Jedi order, they can find their way back again. And, you know, I think that's why Seer knights him. And which kills me with Trilla's red lightsaber. I was like, that was weird. (laughs) Meanwhile, with the dark side of the force here, I mean, 
It was the only one she had, so I kind of get it. But like, and the vision anyway. that he had—that vision that he had when he went to get the holocron—like, what would have happened if he really did train? If they yeah. really did go and look for those children, what would happen? Him turning into Inquisitor and all that. So, it's like it—it kind of Cal's story kind of reminded me of Kanan's because it's like they both realize, you know, they're both hiding their identity because they're wanted, but then you know they're finally slowly accepting who they are. And then coming to that realization, you know, what the Jedi truly are about. And then it's like they finally achieve what the Jedi are truly about. Yeah, I agree. And I do think aside from his amazing character arc, also I do love that he ends up being like a blind Jedi. I was getting flashbacks to uh, Donnie Yen's character in oh, Rogue yes. One. Yes. Um, similar things. Him. Um, but also I feel he has a pretty decent sense of humor and he, I've heard it said, and I low-key agree, they're like, he's what Anakin Skywalker should have been. But also I feel mm. like his humor and stuff is because of, you know, just how long he's been hanging out with, like, Zeb and, uh, I kinda, I would like to know the, like, how they all met up, like, that there's a, like, there's a book came... that is considered canon about him and Hera meeting up. Oh, nice. I don't know I'm anything about Zeb. I forgot what it's called. <laughs> but actually, do I have it open? I used to have it open on my browser. Oh, I don't. Oh, I I do have a, a little spread on Carrie Beck. She's the vice president of live action development and production at Lucasfilm. Because I had this thought, speaking of characters, segueing, segueing into Sabine slash Hera, I was thinking about how non-sexualized their clothing was oh, compared yeah. to especially compared to other Twi'leks and also um, I guess Sabine's is just it's just like the other female Mandalorian armor it's just more armor. colorful because she's yeah, an artiste right. but like then I was like who co was there like a, a woman executive producer and the answer is yes and her name is Carrie Beck <laughs> anyway well and even if you notice the head writers Ahsoka's outfit as well well Ahsoka's had gotten better by the time even in the original run of Clone Wars it had evolved I think they didn't get great reviews the first couple seasons or the very first season because starting season two she's like covered up and stuff like that but also I felt it never really made sense with Ahsoka because not only are the Jedi, most of the adult Jedi wearing robes, but also they're wearing armor, but not the Padawan. <laughs> she has neither robes nor armor. This is anyway. like the whole Omega debate. Give that girl some armor, damn Give it. Give her some, guys, you, <laughs> I know you can, do, anyway. Protect your sister for crying what out loud. What is going on? You want to protect her so bad and you won't give her a freak. Anyway, okay, yeah. yeah, yeah, yeah. Disclaimer, I do love the Padawan. Oh yeah, we're not mad at it. We're just mad at them. Anyway, so um, I think well, let's talk about each of the characters though. On to Hera. I think Hera is a great character. Specifically, first of all, she's the mom. You have to have a mom character on your road trip Star Wars series. And yes. she's like also attached to the to a chopper. And yes. she has kind of an interesting past that's rooted in expanded lore, such as uh, the specifically Ryloth being a semi-central focus of Clone Wars more than once, uh, and now the Bad Batch. But you know that was pretty recent. Um, 
but also I love that she's like a pilot because I think that was one of the things about the original Star Wars that was exciting was that Luke was like a pilot like that mm -hmm. was his original actual like role right and so I really like that they brought the whole pilot thing back they kind of focused on it in the prequels like with Anakin and stuff right but right I, I just loved how Hera talked about flying and I think it was really interesting because um in Star Wars you kind of just take for granted everyone flies like even the speeders aren't necessarily grounded mm -hmm. um but she's like no I fly a spaceship and I take right. it seriously <laughs> and but at the same time being like the voice of reason for everybody except herself that's what Kanan's for sometimes and or that's what anyone else is for sometimes. Yeah. Um, but I just, I really love her character. She's such a girl boss. Yes, she's she's pretty awesome. She's She runs that ship. <laughs> yeah, but she's not afraid to be vulnerable on occasion, which I feel is like the overcorrection of feminism, where you have to be like a bitch boss all the time. I also like that they don't focus a lot on Kanan and Hera's relationship. Like you See, can this get, like, is, we've said this before, this is how it should have been. Yes, with this Anakin is how and Padme. Anakin and Padme should have been. But yes, I agree. I think it's really good that they kept it low-key. Because it's not will the they, end, won't they, but also it's... And it's not until the end where you're like, oh, okay, so there was something going on between them. <laughs> you're like, okay. I mean, well, we that's... knew it, but it's nice to know we were right. But that's you another know? thing, like, with the whole, like, Jedi thing, because I was also reading this in the group about how um, before the sequels, uh, you know, Luke Skywalker had created a new Jedi Order, and it was like... It was about, you know, you could train anybody at any age. You could have attachments, but you're taught how to deal with losing attachments and stuff like that. Mm -hmm. um, and so, like, you know, Kanan, he develops an attachment to Hera. And it honestly just kind of works out in the end. Like, to me, I think it's okay to have attachments as long as you, like, the more I think about, like, the Jedi Creed and everything, it's like, attachments aren't always a bad thing. You just got to learn to let go and not depend on them. I like, think that's the time to go, one of the... Yeah, I definitely think that's one of the things with Luke Skywalker is that I think that's part of why uh, Lucas leaned so heavily into the not attachment thing in the prequels because the sequels, uh, not the sequels, the originals, because um, Vader is like, you can't have these attachments, blah, blah, blah. I don't remember, I'm pretty sure Kenobi never told him not to have attachments, but probably by that time he'd been meditating in the Force for 19, 20 years. So he was like, right. you know, I get it now slash you know who knows what's going to happen in the obi-wan show but he yeah you know but and or sorry luke is using the friendship he has with han and leia and the other rebels to drive his motivations well and then also uh ezra in that episode where he a oh, true story meets with palpatine and i was Palpatine's like ezra's like, not in the movies <laughs> But okay, like, we're back. We're back. But Ezra, he's like, Ezra, you can be with your parents again. Because, like, you know, that was Ezra's biggest thing was that he wanted to find his parents. He knew his parents. At one point, he knew his, he thought his parents were alive. And mm -hmm. he wanted to find his parents. And he also knew that his parents were, well, essentially rebels. And that's why they were taken. But um, he he wanted to find his parents he needed to know if they were alive and he wanted to like kind of take like some kind of revenge avenge their death kind of thing and then here comes palpatine palpatine's like yes you can go 
to your parents. And he's like, no, nah, I'm good. And ruins Palpatine's plan, yeah. which I think is a great example of, yeah, you can have attachments as long as you know, as long as you can let them go when it's time to let them go. Well, he also understands, um, which now we're segueing into Ezra, of course. Ezra understands what, at that point, because I think he spends most of the first season, if not the first two seasons, if not his entire arc, but I think it's very prevalent in the first couple seasons. He's trying to understand why his parents cared so, so much. Right. That they didn't love him as much as this, whatever it was. Like he knew that they loved him, but he was like, was this, was it really worth their sacrifice? So he kind right. of comes to the conclusion it was worth their sacrifice. But even then, I think like that's also the point to bring it back to the movie again. Obi-Wan's telling Luke, like, if you go now, everything they fight for will be lost. Mm -hmm. Of course, Luke goes anyway, and we all know it turns out. But like um Ezra as a character, I think works pretty well. Um, actually, I learned this recently because of my MFA studies. Um, audiences are not as, they're not as sympathetic toward male protagonists, usually. Yeah. And I don't, I don't think there's a set science behind it besides that girls are just naturally more sympathetic or more easy to sympathize with. But like, um, I know he has mixed, especially the youngest the younger version of Ezra has mixed reviews, but I think he works pretty good as a teenage protagonist, especially with his character arc. I think he has a great arc, which we just talked about. The core of his arc is he's trying to figure out what am I fighting for slash, oh, do I need to be a Jedi? But I think he kind of falls into training to be a Jedi just because he doesn't have a ton of other stuff to do. Also, he thinks it's going to be cool. And right. then he finds out, oh, this is actually hard. Oh, people actually die. Oh, I actually have responsibility. But something I really want to talk about about him is that he's got this thing. Um, just to pivot in the middle of my sentence. You know how uh, Cal has his special force gift? Yes. The sense in, of the in the Fallen Order. By the way, guys, if you haven't seen Fallen Order or Rebels, Cal and anything we talk about Cal and Seer is all Fallen Order. It has nothing to do with Rebels-ish. But anyway, Cal um, Cal has the the ability to see it see the memories of an object or something yes. through the force. Yeah. yeah, he just touches an object and he can sense he can see their the, the, their history or you know they're they're called echoes. So oh yes, echoes in the force. So mm -hmm. um, Ezra has a similar thing but it's like specifically he's very strong in the force when it comes to animals slash animalistic creatures so that kind yes. of becomes an ongoing theme of course it comes to a whole head at the end of the series those oh my gosh i forgot what they're called but you know the, the space whales oh <laughs> uh, i can just hear purgles? fans purgles? purgles yes the purgles um I, was, I could just hear the gatekeepers throwing me out right now. Anyway, but the Purgles, you know, he has such a connection with these animals and with the, even with the stupid spiders, like, you know, mm -hmm. he just, he's into them. The Lothcats, also a big symbol of Ezra's character, um, which there was one in the opening, one of the opening scenes of the Mandalorian episode with Ahsoka. Mm -hmm. And I was so excited. And everyone else saw the bird. 
the bird is a symbol of the force. Yes, yes, the owl-like thing. And after Rebels is when it becomes, or during Rebels is when it becomes associated with Ahsoka. But when I saw the Lothcat, I was so excited. (laughs) Anyway, because it has to do with Ezra Bridger. But, and I think he had a pretty great arc. I know, like, he's not most people's favorite character in Rebels, but I don't dislike any of the characters in Rebels. No, I don't really either. Like, I mean, like, initially Ezra, I was like, all right, you little punk-ass kid. But, I mean... I mean, that's like the point at the beginning. Initially, with Hera, I was kind of like, meh, but I like I like them all. Like I'm even what's his face? Agent what's his face? Um Callus. Callus. Yeah. It's like, oh, okay, you're actually like, you know, his time with Zeb, he's like, oh, you know what, this guy's right. <laughs> but I can't really say that there's really yeah. any bad characters and um seeing Rex and Ahsoka again, we're just like, oh yay. <laughs> I <laughs> still so feel much. a little bit I feel a little bit they did Rex dirty, but also I think it talks about I feel like they addressed it a little bit where they were like, well, we're decommissioned clones. We have rapid aging and we just like, we served our purpose and our programming's kind of falling through. So he's a little bit loony, like not super loony, but definitely not the like stone faced Rex you had in Clone mm-hmm. Wars. Right. Which well, kind of makes me sad, but I do love him regardless. But um, let's shift to Sabine. Ah, I love her. We forget. So we stand Sabine. I didn't love some of her backstory stuff, specifically the stuff with the other girl, like the the girl that I think became a bounty hunter, but they were supposed to be like besties. Um, and oh, there were yes, so yes. few. Like there were some episodes with her. She came back around at one point, but like, I was like, I'm not here for this weird girl power trip. Mm-hmm competition energy but i really liked that she was really smart uh women in stem guys me and marianne aren't in stem but you know women in stem um uh i liked that she had been to the imperial academy and also her character brought in so much of the mandalorian or the Mm -hmm. mandalorians yeah, yeah, because like it's kind of funny because the Mandalorians and the Jedi have a long history of hating each other. Mm-hmm. So seeing Mandalorian and the Jedi working together is it was pretty interesting. I really liked how at first I was like, are they really gonna ship these teenagers? I mean, I wasn't not there for it, but I hate when you ship teenagers in a not teenager centric thing only because it becomes teenage drama. Uh, and Ezra, guys, when he talks to her father, I'm not with her, with her. <laughs> him, like, sure, sure. And Sabine's like, he's not with me. Anyway, yeah, I love, but it was just to go back to Kanan and Hera, the one time they met up with her dad. And Ezra's like, why are you so nervous? And Kanan's like, leave me alone, okay? Oh, yes, it was pretty great. <laughs> I loved it. Anyway, but yeah, I loved that they didn't exactly ship them, but by the end, I kind of was feeling it a little bit but also they're older now yeah like she might be a year older than him or a couple of years older than him but like um i loved how at the end he's like i'm depending on you only to sabine like she's clearly his best friend now like he trusts her more than anyone else well not that he trusts her more but he knows that she trusts him enough right to leave that to her and like I just love it. And I love their friendship. I like, again, I love that she's a girl boss, just like Kara. Um, I love that they didn't dress them provocatively, but also mm-hmm. I like that they're still pretty cool. 
like in their own right. And I feel like I loved the episodes where they would go on missions and it would be like Hera and Sabine went off on their own mission. Yep, 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 exactly. Some of my favorite episodes. Mm-hmm. I also love that they can all fly the ship. Yes. Even though it's like Hera's ship, but everyone flies it at one point. Just thinking of that. Um, moving on to Zeb. Oh, Zeb. He's got a chip on his shoulder, that poor guy. But can you blame him? <laughs> I don't. I think Zeb is my actual least favorite. But again, I still love him. Um, character. Only because I felt like he wasn't. A lot of his stuff, I felt, could have been better. But it just didn't get the attention that like all the other people's um, arcs got the attention of. I did love what they ended up doing with Callus and Zeb. Yes, yes, yes. And yes. now they're friends, and Callus is um, Fulcrum. Turn to the light side. <laughs> it's exactly. been converted. Converted. Like yes. when it was him, they were like, "Are you serious? You're the mole." And I was like, "Getting the hex vibes." Anyone else? Oh, yeah. <laughs> this is my favorite. I'm the spy. What? I'm sorry, but like Hex and uh, Poe po Dameron's like interactions just always kill me. Like in The Last Jedi, I would like to speak to General Hex. I really feel like the talking. the Rise of Skywalker. I really feel like if they were gonna lean into the Rebels tropes, they should have gone the whole way. I know. Like I almost feel. Oh my gosh, head cannon. I feel like instead of the weird side journey that Poe and um, you know, the other two went on in The Last Jedi. Mm-hmm. Um, Poe should have had the whole meetup interaction thing with Hex the way that Callus did with Zeb. Oh, if they yeah. were going to go Rebels, they should have gone the whole way. That's all I'm yeah. trying to say. But and Hex, it would have made a Hex way better was... side plot. Hex didn't care. All he cared was that Kylo Ren lost. Like he wasn't trying to be a rebel. He just he did to... hate Kylo Ren. <laughs> he just wanted Kylo Ren to lose. Hello, Callus. Mr. Hux. Callus, on the other hand, I after spending time with Zeb, he's like, oh, well, because you know what? That episode when they finally get rescued, like you know how like everybody like he's Agent Callus sees how everybody's like super excited to see Zeb. They're like, oh, this is great, you know, so happy, right? So then when Zeb gets onto his ship. And he's like, he sees the, the the admiral or whatever, and the admiral's like, whatever. Or Callus like, gets on his ship. Yeah, when Callus gets on the ship, and then so then Callus is sitting in his room, like, you could tell, you could tell the wheels were spinning, like like he's thinking, I think I may have made a mistake, and like I'm on the wrong side. And um, I just always thought that. Was also, funny. he isn't that he gets on and. His some like his subordinates didn't even notice he was gone. Right, correct. That's yeah. exactly what it is. Nobody noticed he was gone, and he saw what happened because he saw because you know he was like he's like we're gonna die here. But Zeb's like no, my friends would never leave me. They will find me, and he's like you know Callus was not convinced that that was gonna happen, but they did, and you could see the camaraderie, and he's he sees that camaraderie, and then when he is finally rescued, like nobody cares, and he's just like okay. I, I see it now, <laughs> you know, he's like, I get it now. And I think that's, that's really what helped him to switch. I really liked that he ended up finding his people, that he wasn't the only one. Yes. And I liked at the end, they were like, and he took Alice. And I know um, the LGBTQ community runs with it, 
Um, oh, yeah. Zeta and I'm not super against it, I guess, except that I think just the species, species cross is a little concerning, only because he looks so much like a cat. But anyway, <laughs> just a little much for me. Too, too much going on. But I really like, in general, though, I love bromance. So, like, I was like, yeah, that's how that should have ended. Like, he needs to... Also, it was about Callus's redemption arc. Yep, yep, yep. Absolutely. Um, more than it was about their friendship. Because it was like, he well, walked around with this weight on his shoulders that he walked in and wiped out the people. Correct, correct. But then Zeb was like, oh, by the way, uh, you didn't. And he's like, what? And he lives among them. Right. For exactly. the, you know... Sabine, at least until Sabine's narrating this. Right. Um, before we take our break, let's talk about Thrawn really quick. That man is an evil freaking... So I was actually first introduced to Thrawn through the Timothy Zahn novels. Um, the, the older ones. The older ones. Because he now has current ones that are canon. Right. Yeah, the yeah. Thrawn Ascendancy, I think that's what those called. But the older ones that I read, like Heir to the Empire, where they have Mara Jade, who eventually marries Luke Skywalker. Mm-hmm. Um, that's how I was introduced to Thrawn. So before yeah. I watched Rebels, and uh, when we're watching Mandalorian, and Ahsoka asks uh, that um, lady, you know, uh, where is Thrawn? I'm like, oh, yes, we're bringing back Thrawn. You know, and I hadn't even watched Rebels yet, so I had no, I, I didn't even know Thrawn was already brought back. I'm like, yes, Thrawn is coming back. So that's how I was introduced to Thrawn. So I already knew who Thrawn was. And then um, you watched Rebels and you were like, And then we watched Rebels and I was like, oh, this guy is even, even more. Like, I, I need to reread those books again because I read those when I was like in uh, grade school. Yeah, it's been um, a minute. It's been a while since I've read them, and I've or I've I've bought the first one, but I haven't quite started it yet. Um, but with Rebels, like Thrawn is a freaking brilliant, evil asshole. I know? think it's like there's something to be said about charismatic villains. Yeah, because Thrawn, because Star Wars doesn't have a ton of them. I mean, like Vader's kind of charismatic only because Anakin was, but also I think. Um, he, I feel like Vader had the original, you know, idea of Vader was that he's just a little stuck up, but yeah. also terrible. But then yeah. I th- feel like Thrawn isn't stuck up as much as he's, he's very intelligent and he knows it, but then he also, it's not like he's overly pompous about it. Cause I, some of my favorite Thrawn moments are when he's going through his art collection Oh yeah, yeah. And it is about having trophies because there it's about all these different places he's raided and conquered and stuff. But I really like the episode. It's there at the end also. Um, when Ezra's in the temple, but Sabine's trying to like distract him and he's like, I want to have a conversation with the most notorious artist in the galaxy. And she actually is kind of into the conversation. <laughs> She's mm-hmm. like, yes, I, I actually understand where you're coming from. And they're almost bonding, but also he is the evil villain. Like, and I know there Thrawn has like a fan base. And I think people are way more excited about the idea of Thrawn coming back than mm-hmm. Ezra Bridger or, you know, even Ahsoka. They were just like, Thrawn! And yeah. he is a pretty formidable villain. And I do think he was good... He came in season two, right? He wasn't in season one at all. No, 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 no. He was not. He was. I really felt the 
villains of season one were not really up to par but i think that was like it was easier for them to write that for clone wars because it's like you have dooku you have grievous and then they brought in um ventress to kind of be ahsoka's arch enemy Mm -hmm. and then you know who else do you have after that and so then in rebels i like i saw a thing where dave filoni was saying they wanted to bring in Darth Vader because he is supposed to have quite a presence in the galaxy, but then they needed someone that could go up against him. And that's when they decided to bring back Ahsoka. Mm -hmm. And like, they, um, like, you know, I think the villains in the first season were just kind of there. Callus, of course was one of them, but I think they had already set him on that redemption arc. Like not completely, but I think it was more like he was already being sympathized with the audience where he was being bullied by his superiors and stuff like that. And you kind of felt bad for him sometimes, but we weren't clear to the the whole incident with Zeb yet. So I think they were like, who do we have in our expanded repertoire that we can just drag out and the fans will love and then they got mm-hmm. it they yeah. got it what can i say they got it yeah exactly mm-hmm. well we're gonna take a break and when we come back we're going to talk about the expanded lore that rebels brought in uh some of the casting rumors that have been flying around and then some general thoughts about the series so stick around Hello and welcome back to Are We Forcing It? We're talking about Rebels, there will be spoilers, but if you're this far in, it's way too late for you. Um, So really quick, I mostly wanted to talk about the lore, uh, the Bendu and the world between the worlds. Yeah. Let's talk about that. All right, so we were introduced to the, oh God, what are they called? We were introduced to the father, son, and daughter. In Clone Wars, the daughter sure. representing the light side, the, the force. Uh, son <laughs> representing the dark side, and then the father who's just—he's the balance, encompassing. Yeah. So then, um, we're introduced to Bendu, who represents the middle. He is the middle. He's the balance of the force, um, and he kind of mentors Kanan a little bit, which I think is what also helps Kanan to like realize his potential, realize who he really is, and all of that stuff. So then we see the father, son, and daughter again when um, Or we uh, see their, uh, like, their their likeness. Yeah, their likeness on this temple wall. Um, And that's when they kind of dig into the really weird side. But they they do it a couple of times, actually, because Kanan and Ezra go to the temple, and they meditate in the temple there in Lethal. And then um, Kanan, Ezra, and Ahsoka go. And that's where you find out that... Is it that one where you find out that uh, the Grand Inquisitor was a guardian of the Jedi Temple? Uh, that's when... Or was it the... Was that's it when, when Kanan... Kanan goes, yeah. Okay. Well, I feel like the expansion of the ancient Jedi Temples, as opposed to the Order Temple on Coruscant, um, there is a couple of episodes in Clone Wars about it. Um, one of them is when they go to find the, when Ahsoka takes the children to find the Ilum. Kyber crystals. Yep, Ilum. Yeah, and oh, is that the same one as Fallen Order? Yeah, Ilum. Uh-huh. Oh, wow. Anyway, me learning yep, yep. things. Um, but because that's the ruins of a temple, of course. And then you have 
these episodes and then of course the stuff in Jedi Fallen Order and a lot of that came from the canon that George Lucas sanctioned I believe where he was like because I remember in the do they still call them the dark ages the period between like right before the prequels came out they call that the dark ages because it'd been 10 or 15 years since they'd gotten any star wars content and that's oh. when timothy's on wrote his books and stuff anyway so they um but i remember people were like how do you build lightsabers and george lucas had this whole canon explanation for it which they did build into these episodes um and i really like the the lore like all the jedi temple stuff but the mm -hmm. world between the worlds that was is wild. something else that was weird <laughs> and i'm not not here for it like it's i think the concept of jumping back and forth in time is pretty simple in and of itself didn't really expect star wars to go there but i think it makes sense that ezra was discovering it because he is quite strong in the force yes but also i really liked that he saved ahsoka yes and then Ahsoka also didn't even ask questions. I mean, she was like, where are we? But also was like, sure, yeah, this tracks. <laughs> like, yeah. Of All course, right, I'll go with it. <laughs> the Force, why not? Yeah. Um, but speaking of that, the Ahsoka show... Oops, sorry. I don't know if you heard that on my mic. Um, the Ahsoka show, the logo of it is the mapping of the symbols in the temple on Lothal. I did not know that. Yeah, like if you look at it, you'll be like, uh-huh. And, you know, generally I think, I really hope that they actually dive into more of that lore. Like maybe we'll see some flashbacks of her escaping. Because she was in the temple with Ezra, but he mm -hmm. actually, she just left in a different location, but the same time that she left in. So she didn't lose any time. She didn't jump forward five years. Right, exactly. But then, like, um, and of course, spoilers, of course, Ezra Bridger at the end of Rebels um, basically captured Thrawn with the Purgles huh? and using Sabine to distract everyone else, uh, sent him, the Purgles, and everyone into hyperspace uh, into uncharted space so yes. that they can't get back and they can't be found. Right. Um, just to separate Thrawn from everyone else, but also he's not, he doesn't want to kill Thrawn. So, well, no one does because we love him. But, um, and of course, if you guys haven't heard, there's going to be an Ahsoka series starring Rosario Dawson. Um, I don't mind her as much as other people do, but there's a lot of buzz right now because they're saying it's confirmed that Lars Mikkelsen has been cast as Thrawn, which is a big deal because he's the voice of Thrawn in Rebels. Um, also, his brother played Galen Erso, uh, Mads Mikkelsen. Um, and then also, wow, I had it pulled up. I don't know Mina his name. Masad. Mina Massad. Yes. Supposedly, he's been cast as Ezra Bridger. Um, it's they have not been um it's not been officially confirmed by anyone official yep uh including the actors themselves there's yep. been I'm, some alluring to it but like, i Mina feel Masad like has put like he's put out some things where you're kind of like hmm like he's put some stuff on on twitter or uh instagram where you're just like you're just like okay 
did he get casted as Ezra? You know, it's it's been, but it's still definitely speculation right now. Like, I won't believe it until Dave Filoni comes out and says it. It's a little crazy because Rosaria Dawson was a fan casting initially. Like, they got, you know, they saw the fan artwork where they were like, look, she has the face shape. She has the stamina. Um, also, I guess we should briefly address that we don't think it was wrong of them to recast Ahsoka only because yeah. voice acting and live acting, especially action live acting, are very different. And um, Ashley Eckstein has only, or not only, she's done other things, but she's not an action actress. Um, but also, she gave her her blessing, didn't she? Yeah, she did. Yeah, Seriously anyway, good. we just want to state we're not one of those people. Anyway, but casting Ezra, I think um, Mina, Mina Masad, am I saying uh -huh. that right? Uh -huh. um, he was also a fan casting. I've seen him float around for like a year since I watched Rebels. I've seen it floating around. And I feel like not that I've only seen him in Aladdin, so I can't say for sure. But I think he looks pretty good for the part. Like they need to give him some purple contacts. But I always felt like both Ezra and Sabine, Ezra needed to be like more Middle Eastern. Um, and Sabine, I always thought of as Asian. I'm pretty sure her voice actress is Indian or South, South Asian of some kind. But I was just looking at that actually. Um, a lot of people wanted to cast, or a lot of fans wanted to cast Naomi. Is, what, is her name Naomi Scott? Is that a different actress? The one that played Jasmine, basically. They were like, they'd be so great together oh. again. And I was like, guys, let's not. Let's not push it, please. And not that I didn't like her, but I think um, she needs... I think Sabine is more Asian, just in my mind. Her parents are from India. Yeah, she's Indian. Yeah, so she... US, but she's um, of Indian heritage. Yeah, so I really feel like they need to get both those characters right. I think he could do okay, though, just based on how he was doing Aladdin. Ezra has that same kind of energy. Mm -hmm. So I could be here for that, I guess. And, mm -hmm. of course, Mickelson has it down. Um, yeah. I just hope they do slightly better prosthetic job than they did on Rosario Dawson. And I do expect that they will get her. They'll improve her look before they have her uh, show. Would you say Rebels is a required piece of canon? I feel like we kind of yes. talked about this before. Yeah, I feel like the story itself doesn't need to be canon unless you plan on continuing to watch The Mandalorian and the Ahsoka series and stuff like that. Like, yeah. right now, everything Filoni's touched, it's his own thing. So you got to watch it all. But um, additionally, I feel like it is only because of the lore. Like, the the deeper they go into the force and the mystics and stuff like that. Um, I think it really matters. Also, did you see the Lego Star Wars Christmas special? No. I don't think oh I my gosh, know. it is so much fun. You need to see it. <laughs> I wouldn't call it like must see. Like it has nothing to do with the canon. But what happens is Ray, Lego Ray, goes to the war the world between the worlds and ends up visiting all these iconic Star Wars. <laughs> anyway, just I just thought of that. But Moving on. Um, our last question for today is how would you rank Rebels against the rest of the canon? Um, and we'll do kind of how we did last week where we were like above and below something as opposed to ranking everything. 
Uh, it's pretty high up there. I mean, it's yeah. I put it above Clone Wars because I feel it has less filler episodes. Like more of its episodes matter for some reason. Like every episode Rebels has is furthering its plot, it's furthering a character, or it's expanding on the lore. Mm-hmm. Like every episode, except an occasional chopper episode. But let's be real, like you, we can allow that. And oh, then, yeah, yeah. um, I think it's hard to place it up there with the movies. I actually recently heard someone say they rank the trilogies separately than they rank the movies. And I think that makes sense. I think the original trilogy just has to hang up there in first place. <laughs> but then yeah, no, absolutely. Um, if we're putting it between movies, I think it goes above four. I think it goes above pretty much everything besides five and six. And it might go above five. I actually used to say if Rebels was a movie, it'd be my favorite one. Um, I don't know that I love it more than Mandalorian, and I'm really enjoying the Bad Batch, so it's a little too early to say, but yeah. it's pretty far up there for me. Makes sense. Yeah. And I, I can't, I can't, I can't really tell you. Like, I have to really think about it. Yeah. But one it's... of these days, we'll sit down, we'll hash it out. It's not going to be today. We'll do a whole episode on ranking. Yeah. There you like go. Like they do those two-hour-long YouTube videos. Um. Yeah, so that actually wraps up this episode. Next week, we're actually going to be talking about fan fiction in Star Wars. Um, we might expand on some fan fiction of our own. <laughs> I, we oh, haven't actually no. talked about it, so. Uh, um, but I thought we would go over some of the more common rewritings and stuff that are out there. Um and stuff like that. So if you're into that kind of thing, or maybe you have an opinion either way, or you want to just see if it's good or bad, or what your thoughts are, uh, tune in next week. We're going to be talking about Star Wars fan fiction, your name. Um, until then, thank you for listening to Are We Forcing It? I'm Annie. And I'm Marianne. And we will see you guys next week. Peace out. <laughs> <sighs>Hey, you guys, me again (laughs) from 2023 instead of 2021. I hope you enjoyed our last two episodes of From the Archives. If you did and you're listening on Spotify, let us know in the poll below. Next week, we will be back with new content. And if you'd like to join us prior to the episode, we are watching the first eight episodes of season one of Star Wars Rebels. And we are also continuing our read of Star Wars from a certain point of view with the stories bump and end of watch. We also now have a TikTok at Are We Forcing It with no spaces or special characters where you can follow us for some other clips and content. We will see you next week. Hope you can join us. Bye.